England. Oh, oh. Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthews hit it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Ah, oh, Matthew, it's that time of the week again, and this is Indigenous Round, and I've given away uh, the type of person who will be on a marvellous Indigenous player, this man, and still doing great work uh, for the kids who have dreams in the Indigenous communities. He played 253 league games at the highest level in three states, for East Perth, for Glenelg, and for Carlton. Aha, you got it now, haven't you? Because he's a Premiership player and a star in the 1970 and 1972 Premierships for Carlton. He is in the Indigenous Team of the Century, named on the half-forward flank with that famous number five. And last year, wow, how about this, folks? Inducted into the Western Australian Football Hall of Fame. And Sid Jackson, what a great thrill it is for me to say this is your football life, Sid. Uh, great, Rex. It was nice to be on your show and uh, nice to uh, catch up and have a chat to you as well. I just, um, uh, I just to say, you used to terrorise me as well, Rex. I don't know about that. Yeah, certainly in the 1972 Grand Final, we'll get there. But before I go on, you know, we were involved in two great clubs, Carlton and Richmond, when there were only 12 sides in the domestic competition, and there were hundreds of thousands of people, there were a hundred odd thousand plus at the Grand Finals. It, it seemed for almost a decade that Richmond and Carlton dominated the competition. That's right, Rex, uh, and uh, I always look forward to that context and we knew it was going to be a hard-fought game and uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, I think, blood was spilled in those days too. In the, in the, <laughs> the way we played the game, the way we played in those days, it was pretty rough and tumble, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, like Bass used to say, don't, run straight, don't uh, go ducking around corners. Run straight at him. And I said, well, I'm only a little bloke. <laughs> be there. A bit of mud and blood and beer, Sydney. You know what I mean? Uh, you gave us Ricky McLean. He used to belt you up. And then Barmy <laughs> decided to belt Southby up. <clears throat> but they were great days. And what I notice now when we all meet at various functions or you go past somewhere in the street or I sit down with Wolsey and, and have a cup of tea with him and Barass is the mutual respect while on the field there was just no holds barred. And isn't it good, Sid, there wasn't all those television cameras about back then because we were all oh. being rubbed out. But it's mutual respect, and it's a lovely feeling. That's great, and uh, as, as uh, anyone in a in a football club like yourself, and I'm at Carlton, um, you know they were a great club that looked after you and had a great committee and, uh, and um, made sure that um, you were you were relaxed there, and uh, then you can get on and play play a game. And uh, and I was lucky enough to uh, have a great club, you know, backing me there as well, and a great coach. And Ron Barassi, and uh, later on with the Kevin Murray. Yeah, Perth. we're talking about some real class there. With with Bulldog Murray and Barassi, you know, just in the same breath as Witten and Skilton, these sort of things. That's right. But but also fantastic humanitarians and people managers, Sydney. That's right. That's right. And I think that that what gave me, um, you know, the uh, the uh, the comfort and uh, you know and uh, and relax me to uh, you know to, to uh, just go out and play my game. Let's get to you as a kid. What are your earliest memories as a child in northern Western Australia? When's, <clears throat> when's the first memory of your kid, your childhood uh, come up? And, and when did footy be, uh, become part of your everyday uh, uh, activities? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, you know, I, OK, 
came all the way from the north, uh, as I said before, and uh, on, a, on a truck for about three or four days and ended up down the southwest and then into a Rollins Reserve uh, native mission. And uh, we kicked footballs all day with bare feet with about 30 kids in the, in the centre center playground. And from there we uh, went to school and played in the school games around Bunbury and then uh, we were picked up from there to go to East Perth. And uh, yeah. I was lucky enough to uh, go there and play with the great Mel Browns and those fellas. Glenn Dennings and those types of blokes, and yeah. um, you know, but a, but a great, um, you know, budding in, in that situation. Sid Jackson, were you always uh, thought by uh, the people that matter an above-average footballer, or did you have to develop your skills to become an elite footballer? Oh, I had a couple of lanes there. Actually, I had to uh, prove myself as a good player to be accepted by the general public, plus um, and and. Try and play above yourself sometimes uh, to prove yourself, and then um, you know had a, had a good club that uh, supported you, that um, you know they're helping along the journey. So um, um, you know, and I didn't want to fail as as well um, as an Aboriginal person uh, playing, and I uh, wanted to sh- try and be a bit of a model for that as well. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah helped yeah. me a lot. Sid Jackson, you would be pleasantly surprised of the journey that we've taken and the, and the space we've taken off the gap between ignorant Australians and Indigenous Australians, and it's, it's only going to get better and continue. But the celebration of this round is not only of the Indigenous people really complimenting our sport of Australian football, but yeah. it's just to remind us we can't go back to those dark ages. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and feel free... To, to comment or not, apparently you were taken away as a very young boy of three by a formal yeah. arrest and you were separated from your family for 20 years. Is Can you just elaborate on that a bit? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I was taken away as a, as a four-year-old uh, from the north and uh, taken south uh, with a few other kids uh, on the back of the truck and then uh, three days later ended up down south, as I said before, and ended up in this Rollins native mission what, what what was called in and uh you know we were we were subjected to um you know working the property for the uh, you know the benefit of the uh, the missionaries um that kept their lifestyle uh, you know life uh, style going and uh, and of course we had to do all the uh, milking and uh, looking after the pigs and the chooks, and uh, so that we got something to eat as well. As, at, at well. So they, it was child labour sort of thing that we were we were made to do at that mission place. But uh, it's great now, a positive situation out there. Um, we've got the, the place back, and uh, a management group uh, of ourselves uh, are running the place now, and we've got lots of good programs going under the Red Dust Healing Program, and. Uh, Lots of hospitality and tourism that's uh, going out there, and uh, we do a lot of corporate uh, groups as well out there. Yeah. So um, it's it's a, turned into a positive situation. I heard a very good interview with you somewhere driving in a car years ago, and you said, "For us to fully uh, get people to understand, we have to get young Indigenous people to understand and, and educate them, and be very very forward in uh, speaking about our future." Are you confident, yes. Sid Jackson, that this is now becoming the case that instead of a white Australian representing you, you've got young Indigenous people who understand the horrible past who want to make the the future so bright? Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see the difference already, uh, Rex, um, because a lot of our kids are now are proud and uh, 
talking up their Aboriginality and um, and uh, we do a lot of uh, programs on the Red Dust Healing out at um, out at our property at Rollins and uh, and we can see that difference uh, that's making to them as well. So um, it's it's very positive and I think that um, I think it's uh, come a long way now that we are non-Indigenous people understanding that and uh, and uh, paying that respect as well and uh, our people are also young people stand out and being proud so it's all coming together pretty well I think it's a, it's a great change. Just magnificent do you believe Sid Jackson that there are more young Indigenous kids who are having a go and being given an opportunity to be their very best in various activities than there was way back then do you think you know kids there's more kids who are gaining confidence because they're doing something they love instead of being told yeah. what to do? Oh yes yes um, and I think a lot of them got their own pathways now, and they they're finding finding out what what they'd like to achieve, and and there's lots of pathways that we're forging for them through the through our programs out at Rollins, and uh, you know a lot of those a lot of those names we can name off is uh, you know the Kickets and the the Aarons and Bennells and Hills and the yeah. Bialys and all those type Thorns and um, you name the Motlops, uh, they they're all role models and. They're, not only just for football, but uh, in their own personal life and what, what they're doing with themselves that are, that's uh, modelling the way for our kids. This is your football life with Sid Jackson. He's a star both on and off the field. And thank you very much for joining us. Tobin Brothers celebrating lives and we're celebrating the footy life on and off the field of Sid Jackson. Before we take our first break, I just want to set the scene for out of the break, Sid Jackson. Uh, you went to the big smoke. That big smoke for you being in the West in Perth. How did that come about? Who approached who? And uh, tell us about your first days when you arrived in the Big Smoke. Yeah, well, I, I left uh, the Rollins and uh, we were playing country footy and then uh, to, to a South Bunbury Football Club where I, uh, I won a couple of uh, first and best medals. And and I was noticed there when Ron Barassi brought his Carlton team over and played at our, our ground at the South Bunbury Football Club. And uh, uh, he put me, you know... I said we'd like this bloke to come over to Carlton and, uh, and play for us, and uh, and that's how how the journey started. So uh, uh, the next year I uh, went over to uh, Carlton. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, the rest is probably history, I suppose. Um, of course, in those days, it was Sid, very it, difficult. Yeah, yeah, it was. But but in those days, Sid, the the VFL, w- w- without pushing it above or below any other competition, it was a measuring stick that if you really wanted to make it, you had to cross the Nullarbor. That's right. That's right. Because everyone, uh, everyone, everyone was saying that if, if you're going to prove yourself as a good footballer, you have to go east. And uh, I think at that stage, um, uh, three or four of us was already over here, and we said, "Well, we've got to stay here. Uh, we can't just go back now." And uh, um, uh, that was Bert Thorny, myself, and a couple of others. And uh, we had to, we had to stand out a year of football because Western Australia didn't want uh, Eastern states uh, uh, clubs uh, poaching us. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. And uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, for This Is Your Football Life with Sid Jackson right around the nation. 253 games at the highest level. Those two wonderful premierships in 1970 and 72 for Carlton. One under Brassy, one under the captain coaching of John Nichols. Indigenous team of the century. And this is the piece de resistance. Inducted into the Western Australian Football Hall of Fame. Join us, Relays, after your commitment finishes and we'll come back with more of Sid Jackson on This Is Your Football Life 
kindly presented with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers Funerals. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, we've got a big one in the net this time there, Matthew. We've got a big fish on board. City Jackson, absolute legend of the game. 1970-72 Premiership at Carlton. And before that, he became known as one of the finest attacking centremen in the country. And they all came after him in his first season at East Perth. He tied equal first for the Sandover medal and, uh, and was East Perth's best and fairest in 1966 and played in uh, back-to-back losing waffle finals in 66, 67, 68, went across to Carlton. And uh, Sid, we welcome you back after the break. And what's your earliest you. memories of arriving at Prince's Park in that famous uh, Carlton Football Club area? Oh, look, I was just... Uh... <laughs> Took me a very long flight to get over, and in those days, in the old planes, and then um, had to wait all day for things to for me to be sorted out for myself, as uh, getting accommodation and uh, getting myself settled. So it was a long, long day into the almost into the next next night here yeah. um, on Perth. And it wasn't and also uh, uh, Sydney. It wasn't also the plane that was slow. The process was slow. Can you just take us through that again? There was. Gee, there was a lot of toing and froing to see you eventually arrive at Carlton. Yes, uh, um, there was uh, just just to get myself settled. Uh, there was uh, there was a bit of bit of um, tugging and pulling around there. Was a, whether they want to let me go or yeah. went to Australia? Uh, there was that what the poaching rule in this to uh, stop three or four of us leaving Perth. Yes. As I said, we were already here, um, and we said, "Well, we can't go back now. Let's we'll just, if, you know, stand out. If you if you don't, if you can't come back to Perth, uh, you, you'll uh, the West Australian Football League. You've got, yeah. you've got to stand out of football." And it was uh, said, Sid Jackson, uh, mainly the efforts and enthusiasm of a legend of the game himself, Mr. Ron Barassi that actually won you over to come to Prince's Park because you were just sort of you know, up in the air a bit. When But when Brass came hard, you thought, hmm, this might be my one and only chance. Yeah, yeah, Brass, he was a, an inspirational to me, in, inspirational to me. Um, and, but he's also uh, very, very good at, um, you know, um, uh, talking to you about, uh, you know, how how the, the great the, the club is and yeah. uh, how, the, how the players were and uh, professionally professional club that they are and um, you know that uh, they wanted me to play with them so that sort of um, encouraged me to go to Carlton and uh, in, in the first year 68 although you didn't play in that uh, grand final side you were yeah. Barassi's runner that would have been interesting I, I recall it was a windy day I think yes. back then I had a little bit of hair Sydney but, uh, anyhow <laughs> uh, and Jeff Blethen played on Wes Lofts what an in, what, what an introduction to the game for Jeff Blethen's first game but uh, what a what a what a yeah. good win it was on a very very windy day. But you were taking messages out for Brass uh, that might have needed yeah. a bit of censorship back then. What he was saying well, to you, <laughs> I I, uh, I couldn't deliver all the messages that Brass <laughs> told me the way he told me to try to tell it. Tell it. I had to, I had to use my my bit of a wits as well, and, <laughs> and um, you know uh, I couldn't say that to some of those players. Yeah, what what he was trying to get me to relate to them, but uh, so I had to soften the messages up a little bit. Yeah, and um, and. Uh, I think that helped me uh, with the players later on as well. So uh, it was a good ploy on my part as well to yeah. stay, stay friendly with the players. I, I couldn't 
I couldn't relay some of those messages the brassies were giving me. It was too harsh. <laughs> well, we're going to get on to the 1970 grand final when you were 44 points down at half time, and he told you all to run and hand pass. But before that, uh, you looked like you might miss out. You got reported, but there was an interesting story, or the, or it was an interesting oh. story that you told the tribunal. <laughs> yes, that's I've right. got a that's few right. little uh, yeah, little people yeah. telling me these things, mate. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think that was well recorded as well, wasn't it? It uh, was. I mean, we 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 do anything to to uh, plan a grand final, so you know there were a few little fibs told. <laughs> and uh, poor old Lee Adamson, uh, you know, I hope he didn't take it too 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 harshly there. But uh, we we both ended up playing in the grand final. Yeah. I think Lee can look That's after right. himself. He's a he's a yeah. gee, he was a good competitor. But like most of the blokes, lovely bloke off the field, mate. He, he was in a, a school teacher as well. Yeah. So that, that made the story a little bit worse because the kids would say, well, you know, Leanne, he wouldn't say that sort of thing to a person. No. You didn't, ground, but you didn't uh, get any to, help. We had to make up a story anyway to, uh, so we, we could get off and play. The common denominator there wouldn't be a bloke with the initials of George Harris by all. It just sounds like something he'd get up to. I, I think he was the instigator. <laughs> George, yeah, he knows how to pull him out of the hat, George. You've hung him out to drive there, Jacko. <laughs> I, I, I blame him anyway. I, you know, he, he put those words into my mouth. <laughs> Let's get to the thrill of winning the 1970 Grand Finals. I said just a moment ago on behalf of Tobin Brothers, Sid Jackson, 44 points down at halftime. Collingwood running around, showing their muscles to the crowd. Brass never, ever yeah. gave up on his... Uh, He's just confident that you blokes could bring it home. It must have been just an enormous place to be at half time when he yeah. gave you hope when and a lot of people thought there was no hope. Well, that's right. I mean, uh, being down that far, 44 points, um, I mean, I remember some uh, Carlton uh, supporters going home and um, and some uh, the Collingwood uh, people were celebrating at half time. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, there was a sort of a mixed motion type of thing and Brassy was... In the room, and the motivation for the day was the three E's: endeavour, encourage, and enthusiasm. Yes, and they uh, kept poking that down our throats and um, yelling at us, and uh, especially at half time. Yeah, and uh, we we came out and started. So look, we're going to stop their run-on play because that's, uh, we we just couldn't do anything to stop them. So he said, "Well, start handballing to each other on the back line. When they stop running, just pop the ball over the top, and uh, so, and." Uh, from that, we started getting a bit of a run on, and yeah. uh, in, in the end, uh, Collingwood started chasing us. And uh, but but we had our momentum up by then, and uh, we got three or four quick goals, and uh, all our players uh, lifted, and uh, and uh, the end result was uh, we had a win. It's all about confidence and self belief. Do you try yeah, as much never, as possible? No, give up, can't give up. Never give up. Yeah. Never give up. Is, is this what. a message that you talk to your young people when you oh. go to these areas? That uh, oh, yes. if you haven't got yes. self confidence, you, you, how, how can you do it if you don't believe you can do it? Well, that's right. We we've uh, encouraged the kids like the programs we have out at out at Rollins now. Um, yeah. my old old place. So we've got a lot of kids out there doing hospitality and uh, cooking and uh, other. Other programs, um, so um, and that's what I tell them. Uh, if you're pursuing something that you're interested in, and uh, not just so much sport, but your your career, and uh, you know your career uh, path, uh, yeah. you know, go for it, go for it, and you'll get all the support from uh, uh, people. There's a lot of people there to help you. 
Why do you think some Indigenous players are just a class above the rest? You know, is it natural ability or they work on their skills? I can remember in the early 90s seeing young Cyril Rioli out at Garden Point at Palarumpi on Melville Island yeah. running around with the bare feet and just loved it. And uh, his, his, uncle, his old uncle Cyril said, you know, this kid's going to be anything, you know. But it's all right saying that. You've probably seen it dozens of times, yeah. Sid Jackson. You say, this kid's got it. But when they get to the big smoke... There are so many things, including homesickness, that are put up as a barrier against them. That's, that's right. That's right. And uh, I've seen a lot uh, just go home and play uh, play back at their local clubs. Yeah. I just couldn't handle it down here. And uh, But uh, the ones that have, uh, you know, um, have to have a lot of support. Yes. And, um, from their clubs. And I think that... Some of those clubs succeeded in doing that for a lot of the players. Uh, and we've got about 30 or 40-odd playing there in, in, in the league today. Yeah. So, um, so you know, the, the support system is working for them. Well, what a thrill it was, the winning the 70 uh, grand final, the 72 premiership. All I could do was sit back and watch these blokes go at it. You know, Walls, Jezelenko, Nichols, Silvani, Southby, Duell, and, of course, Jackson, the famous number five. Uh, who's the best Indigenous player you reckon's gone around Sydney today? Yep. Uh, well, you got uh, like you mentioned the rally, You got the you know some guys like um, um, Daniel Wells. Yes. And uh, you got uh, the Greg uh, Anderson and Bob uh, Lop and those guys. Uh, Josh Hill. Amazing players. Very, very well, haven't they? Would um would Steve yeah yeah would Stephen Michael be one of the good examples of a bloke uh, like Barry Robram from Adelaide who no matter where he went he would have uh, done well he, he's his accolades are amazing Stephen Michael Stephen Michael would have made it anywhere yeah just, uh, he was just so loyal to his area and where he comes from and it's a pity that he didn't come because uh, he would have been like uh, the guy from the Swans now um, yeah. Adam Goods, the same style of player. Yeah, and he would have been a would have been a sensational uh, had he played in Melbourne. Well, they just inspire young people, and so do you. And it's uh, time's up, but gee, it's been great reminiscing. And it's uh, you know you sound well, you sound in a good place. It's Indigenous round, and what a fine example you are of no, the great I'm Australian fine, Sydney. No, I'm fine and fit, and it's been a pleasure and great to catch up and have a chat with you. And we're here for Tobin Brothers Funerals.